I'm Alicia. I'm Katie. And this is Crying Squared. Episode four. Four. Woohoo. Look at us go. So apparently we've been having issues on Spotify. So if you guys are having issues finding the podcast, can you please, please, please email us and let us know. Our email yeah. is in the show notes. Because we're not going to know unless anyone says anything. Yeah. Um, Alicia's husband noticed it. And everything on Anchor says that it's good. But apparently not on y'all's end. So let us know if you can see it or not when you're searching this week. That would be very helpful for us. Also, rate, review, and subscribe us on Apple if you have time, please. Woohoo! <laughs> Do you feel like doing this has gotten easier for you? But I think it's gotten easier. Yeah. But I think it's still kind of hard. <laughs> yeah? A little which, bit, yeah. Which part? Like, just like the talking part. What? That's the part that I think I has gotten like, I don't know. I don't want to say it was not fun in the beginning, but I don't like public speaking. I, I don't like recording speaking. myself. I don't like hearing my voice. Like I have yet to hear one of our episodes besides like if I happen to click on it on Spotify just so I could hear it for like a little bit to make sure it worked. I can't do it. I'll listen to yours, but I can't listen to my part. Really? Yeah, I, I mean, can't I listen do to it. both of them because I edit it every week, but yeah, nope, I don't want to hear my voice. I don't know. So I think... if if it's too loud or too quiet, you better tell me because I I can't handle my voice. <laughs> no, you're good. I think when I edit them, I kind of like zone out into thinking that it's somebody else's podcast. Oh, and then I'm just okay. editing it because I think if I were to think about it actually being my voice, mm-hmm. I would freak out a little bit more. Because yeah. I had to give public speeches and all that stuff in high school and college. Every time I felt like I was going to pass out or throw up, and it was the mm-hmm. worst. Like, I would psych myself out so bad that I would be shaking and, like, have armpit sweat rings. It would be that's so what, That's why we're tank tops. <laughs> <sighs> well, I'm not a fan. The very first one was probably the worst one, but, like, now it's just... I mean, it's not like you and I don't talk about this kind of stuff anyways. So now just recording right. it, it's like, eh, this is all right. It's not too bad. We're getting more in, a, in the groove of it. Yes, I like it. It is fun, though. I like doing my own research on this stuff instead of hearing it on somebody else's podcast and be like, wait, I don't think that's true. And like, then researching like, <laughs> right. the research on my own now. I do like it. It's fun. And guys, we had a overlap for the first time this week. We both listen to, and that's why we drink, the podcast. Oh my gosh, my favorite ever. And they covered the vampire di- uh, goddess that Alicia covered. I heard yeah, it and I screamed fun. in my car and I had to call my <laughs> husband because Alicia and I are in different time zones. She was still sleeping. And I was like, oh my God, they just covered the same one that she did. <laughs> I don't know why that seems out. like so cool. <laughs> but it I agree. It seems like I, we're, we're doing something right. If someone else covered the same topic, but after. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Something is working. 
Oh my gosh! If Chris and Emma on that sh- on that on their podcast ever follow us, <gasps> I'm gonna lose my marbles. I would die. I yeah. would be so excited. That would be like, mm, okay, we've made it. We're yep. done. I can go I'm, die now. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, last I think it was last year they they were planning a show in Jacksonville, and yeah. I had told Jesse I was like, I want to go. Like, would that be okay for me to go away like by myself and go see Katie so we can go to this and. Then COVID happened, and I was just like, oh, just, go figure. Hold yeah. on the toilet. Because I thought so, about that, too. That would be so much fun. And now she's having a baby. She'll I know. Like Next month, I think. before me. Yeah. <laughs> so exciting. I think she said it was, like, around Halloween time. Like a Is that? Or oh. Halloween. Which, I went to Carter's today. They have some super cute Halloween outfits. Baby girl's going to be spoiled. We'll see. I didn't buy any today. <gasps> I know. What? You have willpower? They were just putting them in the smallest one that they had was three months. And I feel like she's going to need a newborn. Because uh, that'll yeah, be like true. right around, like she, at most, she'll be like a week and a half old. Yeah. If we do it at true. like 38 weeks. So I was like, uh, we're going to need a newborn. I'll come back when you have your whole display set up and aren't just like folding the leggings and stuff because <laughs> the associate That's was funny. like are you shopping for a boy or a girl and I was like um both <laughs> he gave me this weird look and I was like I have a two-year-old and I'm about to have a girl so both but different One of sizes. Each. yeah <laughs> she's like oh okay that makes sense I don't know why I feel the need to explain myself but when people look at me weird like that I just this Probably because she, they might have thought you were having twins, so I think like subconsciously you wanted to be like, uh, nope, there's only one bun in this oven, just one, just the one. Also, do I look that big? I hope not. <laughs> I mean, Good I don't God. think so, but I'll let you know in later September. Oh my gosh, you <laughs> that belly has gotten so much bigger. I feel like we could go. My goodness. Well, I just ate dinner too, so that doesn't help. We're we're in full turkey popper mode though. <laughs> That's too funny. I was looking through um Christmas pictures from like this last Christmas when I was pregnant with Jordan. And there were some black or gray shirts that I wore with like my vest. And if I was standing like straight ahead this way, you couldn't tell I was pregnant. But the mm-hmm. moment I turned to the side, it was just like oh, bam. Like, that was huge. You're like, damn. Yeah. I forget how pregnant I was. And then when Jesse shared that, our anniversary post yesterday and shared the one picture of my belly, I was like, oh, I think that was my favorite pregnancy picture I took, you know, because my son gypped me of maternity photos. So I had <sighs> all something. plans and intentions to take maternity photos this time. And I have just gotten too busy. You better get on that, especially because it's your last one. I know. You don't think much of it, but then... You know, I mean, I'm sure you, you didn't get any when you were pregnant with Lakin, did you? No, I didn't. And do you, do you wish you did? Yeah. I just don't know when I'm going to have time. <laughs> well, we will have to make time. Uh, <clears throat> at some point. Okay. <laughs> Ooh. Let's Can I go first this it. time? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. So mine's a little shorter than, shorter than normal. Okay. But... Mine was last week. Mine was only like 10 minutes last week. I was like, I thought it was going to be longer than this. 
Yeah, that's mm-hmm. crazy. <laughs> I don't, I think mine will be a little longer than 10 minutes, but <clears throat> so it wasn't as much information. Like I like to look up as many facts as I can and then pick what I think is the most interesting and then kind of go off of that. This one really didn't have as much. So, um, so this one is about Fernando Hernandez Leva. He was known as like his nickname was Pancho Lopez. Have you ever heard of him before? No, it sounds familiar, but I think only because the last name is Lopez. Oh, I was going to say, or because of the Pancho, because of Pancho Villa. Oh yeah. Maybe a combination. Okay, sweet. Well, okay, so I couldn't find anything about his childhood or anything about, like, pre-marriage. Like, I couldn't find anything up until all of this, um, which is kind of weird. Usually when they're serial killers or whatever, like, they have kind of a messed up childhood that kind of yeah. escalates like as they grow up. psychological issues. Yeah, he didn't have anything. I mean, they... Like, I couldn't find anything on his childhood, and I was doing some serious digging on it. Um, I found out he was married. I couldn't even find his wife's name. Um, a couple articles had a woman's name, but when I'd go to search her, like, nothing would pop up for her. So, I Weird. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, towards the end, I think it kind of makes a little bit of sense, but we'll get there. Um, okay. But he was born on November 20th of 1964. In Cuernavaca, Morelos, Mexico. He weighed about 150 kilos, which is a little over 300 pounds, which will be important a little bit later on. Um, so he was known by Pancho Lopez. I couldn't find who gave him that nickname. I would assume it was probably some of the cops that he was involved with, but I don't quote me on that. Um, but whoever gave him that name gave it to him because they associated it with Pancho Villa. He, for those of you that don't know, he was general um, during the Mexican Revolution between 1910 and 1917, and he was very well known for his brutality. He was just a very uh, strict gentleman. I don't even want to say gentleman. Strict guy. P.O.S. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Um, So Fernando was and is currently, since he's still alive. Um, known as one of the world's worst um, documented serial killers in Mexico. Um, And then also, I did look up from last week, um, Mexico does not have the death sentence. It was abolished in 2005. Anywhere? In Mexico, correct. Okay. I think I read a couple articles that said that it would take some serious um, movements to get it re- revamped and going again but because mexico has like different states right Mm -hmm. okay let's do that yeah i don't know if it was like as a whole like federally versus state like the u.s no um i mean and it might on some things because i did see that federally and versus state it's not it's been abolished all throughout mexico there okay yeah um okay so fernando was accused of I shouldn't say was, he is currently still being accused of killing between 100 and 137 individuals throughout five states in Mexico. Um, A couple of those states was Jalisco, Colima, Guanajuato, and Michoacán. He has also been charged with kidnapping of six individuals and the murder of a police officer. Now, with all that being said, I couldn't find any information as to 
the gender of these 100 to 137 individuals. Couldn't find how he killed them, how he knew them, how he came across them, like nothing. Not, not their ages. It's like a black hole. Yeah. So I guess to me, in a way, even with just reading that, and I think that's why I ended up doing his story was just because how are you going to report that somebody is this bad of a serial killer, this many people, but not be able to provide anywhere in the internet or even like civil paperwork that like who these people were, who are, who were these victims? How did you come across these victims? How did you tie them to Fernando? There's no witnesses, like nothing. Has he already been convicted? Um, he was convicted on, I think like 33 murders and then the kidnappings and then the, the murder of the police officer. Oh, but okay. even that stuff, there was still nothing there. Because the only thing I could have thought was if it was still like the case hadn't closed yet, mm-hmm. so they weren't getting any of that information. In case I mean, that I could more information that. or something. But if he, if they've already mm-hmm. convicted him on all those, then it doesn't really make sense why yeah. they wouldn't put any of that information out unless it's like a closed case scenario where they can't put it out there i don't know how mexico works but i know there's some scenarios in the united states that are like that i mean even the ones that i did last week that couple they were still currently being charged with a few other ones and they were still naming all of the victims and how they were coming across them and i don't know i just think it's very interesting but it gets a little more intense than that okay (laughs) so he actually escaped twice Escaped prison? Uh Uh-huh. So he was arrested a total of three times and he escaped twice. Um, The very first time he was arrested was in 1982. He escaped through a tunnel wall. So I couldn't really find if it was like he was in the bathroom and kind of went through all, you know, how they have all the pipes behind all the toilets and showers and all that. Like prison break? Yeah, my head goes straight to prison break. (laughs) he has a poster and they take it down and there's literally a hole in the wall. And yeah. Escapes through that. So that's what my head went to, but I've also seen shows, you know, where they joke and they have like, this little spoon and they just work at it forever. But <laughs> right. <laughs> like that took him a long time, but so he was arrested in 1982 and not too long after he escaped. So that to me tells me that he had some help on the inside, but in 1982, we don't know how, strict and how well guarded and protected you know the prison was at that time especially in Mexico mm-hmm. um the second time he um, was arrested in 1986 for robbery and murder and he escaped again um that time I couldn't find how he escaped um somewhere in between him being arrested and escaping um the police did a psychological exam and found him to be a psychopath Um, so they think that the reasoning for all of this, it does, if it's true, um, they think that his reasonings for all of these things was just personal satisfaction. Um, he just didn't really feel remorse. Like he really lacked that, um, empathy that most humans have, even if you're a little cuckoo, I think you have a little bit of empathy at some point, whether it last or not is another thing especially if it's if he's actually murdered 137 people but um something in that if you're normal yeah especially the very first one you think that he would have felt something because after killing so many people you'd think that they would just get bored almost and then they switch up their mo yeah yeah but 
like I said, I couldn't find anything. So I can't say if that's really the case or not. But right. um, his final arrest was in 1999 for the murder of the police officer. But this time, instead of trying to escape, he tried to hang himself. But remember earlier when I said he weighed almost 300 pounds? Yeah. His makeshift uh, rope there didn't really do it him broke. any. Yeah. So he just actually caused himself a lot of um, brain and head damage. So it messed him up even more than he already was in the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Lord have mercy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when he was actually arrested in 1999, he was at the Federal Rehabilitation Center called El Altiplano. Wait, Rehabilitation which, Center, like they were going to let him back out into society? I don't think they were going to let him out, but I think because he had so much um, brain and head like injuries, I think he was just like really messed up. So I think at some point when you go to like a federal rehab center like that, you don't go there with the intent to leave. You go there with the intent to like mentally just get better since he was like legit injured. So it was like a men- mental rehabilitation? That's that's what I kind of took it as. Um, but he didn't last long there. Um but you know who was also at the same location in 2015? Who? His his name is Joaquin Guzman Loera, aka El Chapo. Okay. But who? also El Chapo. Mm, you're not ringing a bell. Co- cocaine smuggler. I don't pay attention to that. Oh, <gasps> what? There's a whole Netflix series on it too. I don't have Girl. Netflix. Girl, I will message you my password later. You need to watch this series. It's a great series. Anyways, El Chapo also happened to escape from there in 2015. Oh, so this is but not like had, a secure location, like multiple people. Apparently not. It. Yeah. And actually the most notorious uh, serial killers and really, I want to say like lawbreakers have been there. There was a couple others, but if you don't know who El Chapo is, I'm not going to mention that. I'm just stealing my notes. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, so um (laughs) this gentleman is now actually currently at la palma prison and his tentative release date is 2049 so he he would be that's not that far from now uh -uh. he'd be about 84 i think i did my math right so with everything that he has been charged so far, he is actually facing 30 to 50 years. Um, I saw a lot of articles that said 30 and then 50 with time off for good behavior. For but, 100 plus people? Mm-hmm, but remember how I said that I couldn't find anything stating that he actually committed these crimes? Right. There was a couple articles that also stated in court that... Um, the prosecutors would, you know, ask for this proof and investigators would say, well, that's confidential. Well, if you're charging, you know, a client, yeah, and you have it, to prove that they did it. Yeah. yeah. So there was a couple articles where Fernando was heard saying, quote, I killed them because I had to, I don't know how to do anything else, end quote. But um, Mexico is very notorious for police um Brutality. brutality yeah which sounds really awful like I think no matter where I go I'd like to think that the cops are there to keep me safe not wonder 
are they wanting my money or are they just wanting to harass me because they feel like they it, can. you know? Yeah. But in Mexico, it's very normal. So in Mexico, really do they like work with the drug board sometimes? Yeah. Okay. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I am not involved with the drug lawyer, so I can't say yes or no, <laughs> but from, from the what things you've that I've heard, yes, I would have no hesitation to believe that whatsoever. Um, so Fernando did admit to killing the cop, but he says that he was actually forced to the to confess to the hundred plus killings because the cops threatened to rape his wife and take his children if he didn't comply and confess. Um, and there was actually quite a few articles that because he wasn't the only one that was saying that. Like there were a couple other people that were being charged with things that they didn't even like know had happened. But the cops would torture them and like they would have like burn marks and like you could tell that they had been beat. I think there was one that I read that said that he was covered in blankets and then they kept throwing water at him, kind of like waterlogging, I think is what it's called. Waterboarding? Waterboarding, there we go. What is waterlogging? Is that even a thing? Um, I think that's literally like if you're doing logging work, like you oh. cut down trees and you send them down the river. Okay, well, I never heard that in my life. So I could, I'm kind of pulling that out of my butt. So that could be. Oh, okay. So maybe it's waterboarding. Waterboarding is a thing where they put like okay. a towel over their face and then, and then put then water. water on the towel. Yeah, okay. So then yeah. they can't breathe. Yeah, that's water. Yeah, so boring. that's what they were doing to him. So that one guy in particular said that he felt like death was near. So he just said what they wanted to hear and whatever it was that he could get out of there and done with the situation. Um, so Fernando, um, let's see, he said, quote, the declarations I made earlier about my participation in at least 100 murders were due to the conditions I was in handcuffed and surrounded by police who were constantly intimidating me, end quote. And there were a lot of articles that said that he was threatened and forced into confessing to all of this stuff. And so, I mean, when he's straight up saying, oh, I did kill that cop and I did rob that place and I did do this, but I did not do any of that stuff and I was forced into it. There came a point where they, him and a couple other gentlemen were in court. And so the investigators after they were, or the prosecutors on their defense were, you know, talking about this, they were like, well, lift up your shirts and let me see the, you know, that you have bruises on these marks. And sure enough, they all would lift up their shirts and you could visibly see that they were being beaten. And of course, the investigators were just saying, oh, well, they're in prison. Like they were just getting beat up in prison and then trying to That's play it off that way. Yeah. Or they had someone do it so that they could prove their case. Yeah. So who knows? And I mean, the cops might have had people working on the inside to do that as well. I don't know. But I do think it was very fishy that I couldn't find anything, you know, that actually pushed him to that, especially if he didn't have a mess of childhood and had no previous criminal activity or anything like that. Right. He was just coerced but, into saying, yeah, I did all those things. Yeah. But I mean, and I'm not saying it's okay, but he did admit to killing that one cop. So, I mean, yes, he did some bad, he- but... Like, yeah. yeah, he could have killed, like, two people. But, but to go to 100, he, 137, that's a big, big That's a large difference. jump, yeah. Yeah. If it was just the one that he admitted to, like, what if it happened to be, like, an accident? hmm And 
that if it was a cop that was out to hurt him and he and he killed the cop in self-defense or or they were trying to hurt his family since they were yeah. trying to hurt his family in there i mean i yeah that's hard to jump to a hundred plus without any kind of evidence or proof that's insanity yeah this one is a little tough with that um but i mean i found multiple multiple articles talking about how high um the percentages is of police brutality against really anyone i mean um there's cases like this one there was one for some bus drivers in ciudad juarez there was um a couple for different various men there was even a u.s citizen that was down there i think he was like on vacation or something and he killed someone supposedly and they arrested him and were beating him and he didn't even know what was going on half the time i mean i don't even know if this person spoke spanish like he was just completely out of it and had no idea what was going on but um, there were, let's see, there was a gal named Adriana Carmona. She was with Fray Francisco for Human Rights. And she said, um, quote, torture is more likely when there is political pressure to solve a case, end quote. And then there was another part where some prosecutors said that police are underpaid, under, under-equipped, ill-trained, and under pressure to convict someone. So, I mean, cops are just out just to get someone to go down for the crime. So they could have just been piling all these crimes on there to, like, clear off their desk. Yeah. I'm like, but still, I mean, I'm not saying that 10 to 15 people is okay, but that's a lot more reasonable than 100 people. Yeah. I'm like, and it, it, even if it would have been 100 people, I don't understand how there was no names of no victims anywhere. Yeah, that's a little fishy. Yeah, it was just super sketchy the whole time. And again, I'm not saying that what he did admit to is okay by any means, but at least he is owning up to that he did break the law. But I mean, being charged with one murder versus 100 and potentially spending the rest of your life in prison without seeing your wife and kids again. I don't know. That's hard. That's just too Um, big of a jump for there not to be any proof of it anywhere. Yeah, yeah, that was... That was tough. And I mean, I put a picture in there. I found, I mean, even the few pictures that I did find of him, they were all pretty much the same thing. Um, You could see like a little difference in his face and whatnot, but for the most part, he just doesn't look like a happy individual. Um, Well, he's still like ongoing trials for some of these murders, but the last time he was arrested was in 1999. And he's still currently in La Palma prison. Hmm. yeah so I don't know I mean I've kind of put in some quotes in my notes there of things that they did say but I really just attached like every article that I read (laughs) I mean they were all so repetitive I'm like there's no way that it like every single website I look at no matter how I looked up his name and I read a lot of articles in Spanish too and they all kept saying the exact same thing so I have I don't know it's kind of hard to say that yeah this one was messed up but it's messed up because there's nothing there. Like, I don't know. Do I you believe have the no proof or them? evidence yeah. of any of them? Did it yeah. even say, like, how you said he didn't say how he killed the cop? He just admitted to it? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was so concerned with, I didn't do all of those murders. I did do this one, but I did not do all of those ones. And that's just what he said. I was like, well, I mean, good for you for owning up to that one. Because half the time you can't even get 
anyone to admit that they stole a pencil in the third grade. Right. It's like, I did the one, I promise I did, but I did not do those. Like, I couldn't imagine having my family go through trial and, like, no, there's no way that he could have killed all those people. Like, he's with us literally all the time. He always has an alibi, you know? Like, right. I don't know. That's just tough. Especially, I mean, people are like, oh, yeah, he tried to off himself because, you know, he doesn't want to well, be I mean, in jail. But I'm sure he wasn't treated well in jail if all of those people around him thought that he was, mm-hmm. like, a super notorious murderer when, in yeah. fact, he only did for sure admitting to one. No. So I feel for this, dude. I'm going to definitely put this on my list of <laughs> to stay caught up on. <laughs> See if I <laughs> can ever give you guys an update because I don't know. I always feel a lot better when I can find evidence of like this one murder that he for sure did or right. like the one that I did last week, you know, all of the, well, not all of them, but a good majority for three of them for sure had this one contact in their phone. So there, there's a tie. I mean, it might be a far-fetched tie, but it's a tie. This, like, I couldn't find anything. Yeah. So that was hard. I don't enjoy ones like that as much, but it makes That's me want to keep digging for more. So, you know, after you research something, you type whatever in the search box, and then you can see the difference in the colors as you're going down for the ones you've already clicked on. I clicked next page like 10 times. They were all the same ones, all repetitive information. <sighs> I was so annoyed. <laughs> There's got to be more to that story. Hopefully something comes to light. Yeah, that would be nice. Hopefully he really didn't do all of that. But it also sucks because then that means that the cops were really just being those dirty cops. Yeah. Yeah. But the system has to play him a little bit too in order to get to where he's at. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) That was my story. Fernando Hernandez Leva. Fernando Hernandez? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And well, I'm actually going to send you my notes right now before I forget. <laughs> so I have to track you down. Yeah. <laughs> so last week I screwed up on mine and said it was Indiana. It's not. This week is Indiana. <laughs> And it's the Claypool Hotel Murders. Ooh, Claypool? Yeah, Claypool. There's two of them. The first one is Mayoma Writings. And Mm. she was a 32-year-old Women's Army Corps physical therapist. Oh. And she was 32 in 1943. She also worked at Camp Atterbury and would often take the bus on the weekends into the city and stay at the Claypool Hotel. This particular weekend, she left the camp at around 3.30 p.m. and arrived at the hotel at 4.45 p.m. On the way, she grabbed a bottle of whiskey at a nearby liquor store, which she often did. She checked into the hotel around 5.30. She ordered ice and soda from the room service. At 6.15, the bellhop delivered the items and received a quarter tip. And according to the inflation calculator, a quarter tip in 1943 is about $3.95 in today's money. (laughs) At one point in my life, I was also a cheap tipper, but come on. 
it was probably a lot to her, especially on like an army salary. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't think yeah. about that too much, but. So during the delivery service, the bellhop noticed a woman dressed in black that often frequented parties with writings on the weekends was in the room with her. Ooh. Around 8 p.m., writings was discovered by a cleaning lady. She was found naked from the waist down with a quarter lying beside her open hand. Oh, no. Which leads me to believe that it was another service person who mm-hmm. might have killed her given her previous sipping habits that day. Otherwise, yeah. who else would just be holding a quarter? Yeah, I was going to say, a quarter is very uh, random. Yeah, exactly. But it also makes me think maybe it was the bellhop. Who knows? Hmm. The autopsy of writing showed she had drunk a minimum of 10 ounces of 100 proof whiskey. That's that sounds a, lot, like a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. Her cause of death was shown to be a blow to the head from the whiskey bottle, followed by her throat being slashed by the same bottle. And Jesus. after she had died, her wrist being slit by the same bottle as well i mean that's kind of messed up to be killed by your own vice (laughs) right my tito's bottle ain't never done me wrong (laughs) it had to be somebody that knew her to know that she always stopped and got liquor yeah that's pretty personal so the main cause of death was believed to be the slash to her jugular vein See, also showed the victim had recently had sex, but they termed it rape because they were unsure. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of tough. Yeah. The Ooh, Indianapolis... Unless the person, does she have a boyfriend? Does she Not have sex time with her boyfriend and then her boyfriend got pissed off about the tip earlier and then after? Nobody said anything about them knowing about her having a boyfriend. It just it said that she a lover. Went... It just said that she went to the parties with this woman in black. So the woman in black could be her lover. So it could be a girlfriend. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So the Indianapolis Police Department's homicide squad attempted to interview every staff member, which totaled over 400 employees. Holy cow. How big was this place? It's pretty big. That's massive. Um, they also attempted to find the lady in black, but they've been unsuccessful. They haven't been able to find her or anything about her. Real quick. Have you seen the Netflix series? It's called Cecil Hotel or it's about Cecil Hotel. I really don't know what it's called. I haven't, but I really want to. You should. It's real fouled up. It's real fouled up. So when you're talking about all those people that were interviewed, I'm like, Cecil Hotel had a lot of employees throughout the years. I still, I don't know if it was quite 400 though. That's a lot of people. I've heard, like I've heard the stories, but I haven't seen the documentary about it. You should watch that. Okay. I'll add it to my list. I'm I'm adding things to my list to watch on my maternity leave. I'll be breastfeeding so much. I'll just sit in the chair and watch documentaries on netflix i still haven't watched the movies from the first episode that we did mainly because my 10 year old cannot be around when i'm watching or listening to that kind of stuff no shame to those parents that do let their kids watch that but i know my kiddo will just be like mom i can't sleep i'm thinking about that movie right 
I'm not dealing with that. Age. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait till another day. Until then, I'll just keep my list going. There you go. All right. So they did not come up with any promising leads. In 1943, or 1949, sorry, the local newspaper offered a $5,000 reward <clears throat> for any information leading to the arrest of the killer, which $5,000 back then is equal to $57,353.53 today. That's a little bit better. Still doesn't seem like very much, but. But that's a lot of money for a local newspaper to put out for a woman. Yeah. Considering nowadays our, we barely have a local newspaper. Or we do, right. and they're just kind of like on thin ice, I guess. Yeah. Ours, like, they throw the newspaper into our driveway. We don't pay for it. They're just like, please read it. I'm like, Aww. can you please stop doing this? Because it's mostly ads. Yeah, like, no I don't like getting those stories in there. I hate getting those ads, those coupons in my mailbox. Quit tempting me to go to Burger King. Duncan. I don't want to go Duncan. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be dangerous. I would, if I got the paper delivered to my house, I would probably read it. Do I really want to go buy it though? No, because I don't even want to go buy the groceries that I have to go get. So I don't want to add something onto my list. But I do have friends that work <laughs> at, at our newspaper here in town, so I'm like, oh, I feel guilty saying that. Just get the online version. Read the important document. I do read the newspaper online. And just use somebody else's login information. For shame. I know. Don't do that. Get your own login information. It's probably like $5 a month. (sighs) I know. Then that's some serious commitment. I mean, if you're going to do that, do it to like Netflix. Don't do it to like a small town newspaper. I know. I do feel bad. I do feel bad. Especially when I'm like, where's the garage sale at? (laughs) That's what I want to know. We don't have, like, you guys have, like, party line back there. We don't have anything like that down here. Jesse and my mother-in-law love listening to party line. Jesse, every morning, he'll get up and when he showers, he turns it on on our Sonos speaker in the bathroom. And then I guess his grandpa Smith, I think, Jody's dad, used to leave the radio on all day. And so Jesse started doing that when I first had Jordan, I think, when I first had Jordan. And so he always leaves it on party lines. So all day long, I hear all of these little old ladies like calling in and wanting to sell this or get rid of this. I'm like, oh, that's so cute. My mother-in-law does that. That's she's too like, funny. <laughs> you're like, she's like, it's for the dog. Um, yeah, because he totally understands what's going on. I mean, I do leave Spanish. Like, I'll change it when I wake up to my Spanish stations. But I am home all day with my kids. So yeah, that's different. Yeah, I do need to hear it. <laughs> okay so the case is still unsolved to this day despite the amount of suspects it brought up Hmm. so they didn't find anything they couldn't find the lady in black and they have no idea who killed this they couldn't find her friend Mm -mm. nobody knew her name at all nobody knew her name nobody knew where she was they just they only knew that they saw her with Mayoma at these parties on the weekends. They didn't see her anywhere else. So it's like she disappeared after that. Okay, fishy. Right. So does she have family and friends there as well? Um, It didn't say anything about the family and friends. It sounded like she was there on base working and Mm -hmm. her family was somewhere else. 
So I guess I'm thinking she must have had somebody there on base that she was close to that would have known that she was close with this lady in black. Not if the theory that that was her lover. Yeah. That's a good theory, though. that was not accepted back in the 1940s. Like, she would have been shunned and probably would have been dismissed from the army, too, for being (sighs) gay back then. Because that was not accepted back then. So... That's, I mean, that's sucky though. Like if it, if it was her lover, I'd feel awful. I mean, I would. The quarter thing still gets me too, that she was found with the quarter next to her hand. What if the The bellhop, bellhop, thank you. What if the bellhop and her lover were in it together? Maybe, but they interviewed the bellhop and didn't get anything suspicious from him. Well, I mean, they had 400 employees. So I'm sure that he asked somebody else, hey, what'd you say? Maybe. As, as much as you're not supposed to talk about it, when you got 400 people, it's kind of hard to keep right. them all to, you know, keep stuff to themselves. Who knows? But we may never know who did that since it was, you know, 60 years ago. No, 80 years ago. Whoever did it is dead now. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Somebody will find that in a newspaper clipping in their wall when they remodel at some point. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) But a fun fact, Ridings also took care of President Roosevelt whenever he came to visit the base, and she was his favorite nurse. And after this incident at the hotel, because she was staying in room 729, they took down room 729 and any rooms containing 29 in it from the hotel rotation. So 29, 129, 229, any of those. Trying to get rid of that jinx there, huh? Yep. But part- That's super respectful, though. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't find a murderer, so. They didn't do that at Cecil Hotel. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay, so there is a second one. Ooh. Dorothy Poor was an 18-year-old who had dreamed of moving to Indianapolis for bigger opportunities from the small town of Clinton. Poor was moving still- to where? Indianapolis. Oh, okay. Indiana. Yeah, I was. I was just like, most people are like dream of like going to a big city like New York and Chicago and L.A. Miami. Well, she was from a small town called Clinton, which only had like a hundred and some people in it. So. Oh, so then it is a big. A big this city is a big town to her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Poor was skilled at typing and shorthand, which led her to multiple interviews in Indianapolis. She was also supposed to take the civil service examination on Friday, July 18, 1954. And this test would allow her to prove her skills before being hired for any position. It's like an assessment today. Okay. Made it to the exam. This is taking place almost 11 years later at the same clay pool. And again, a maid was the one who discovered the gruesome scene. Girl, you need to watch that season. <laughs> the maid noticed a horrible odor coming from the dresser in the room she was cleaning. From the dresser? From the dresser. <sighs> this is when she found an almost naked poor stuffed into the dresser. 
does that? There was I'm a gonna kill wave. someone. I'm gonna stuff them in a drawer when I leave, though. Mm, it gets better. Oh, th- does it get sh- better? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> there was a heat wave moving through the area at this time, and they didn't have AC, which made the decomposition happen much quicker, which is why the smell was so horrific. Yuck. So, for reference, Poor was five foot six and weighed about 125 pounds. The dresser drawer that she was shoved into was 48 inches by 24 inches and about 10 inches deep. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so she was marionetted in there. She played some serious Tetris. Yeah. The coroner from Marion County, Roy B. Storms, said that there was no indication that her death was caused by blows, puncture wounds, or bullets. And the cause may have been smothering. There were no signs of harm on the body, but a police officer stated, you don't just stuff yourself into a dresser drawer. He's not wrong. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) He's not wrong. (laughs) Poor was not registered as a guest at the Claypool Hotel, but rather the Lorraine Hotel around the corner. He was lured back to the Claypool Hotel on the promise of a job, because that's the whole reason that she was there. Oh, yeah, that interview. Before going to the city, Poor had been warned of what her future may look like. Her grandmother, Lillian Darcy, told police and reporters that Poor had spoken with a fortune teller who said that she shouldn't go to the city for a job as she would face death upstairs in a building. The fortune teller also said never go back to Indianapolis, that she would meet a person with light coloring that would grab her by the thread and take her pocketbook. It's basically robber. Yeah. Police Captain Robert Re- Riley, really? Sergeant Randolph Schubert and Sergeant Harold Goodman were heading the investigation. Their first suspect was Jack O'Shea, who the room was registered to at the Claypool Hotel. Many hotel employees, including the bellhop, had offered $50 to get him a girl. O'Shea had been described by the staff as a well-heeled stranger. I still don't know what that means. Does well-heeled mean like somebody had some bad voodoo going on in their lives and they got the shit together kind of thing? I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. I couldn't. I didn't. Understand I mean, that when one. we're talking about a fortune teller, that kind of just means like I'm very big into like reading people's auras, but not to that extent. Like if I get like a bad vibe from you type of thing, I don't want to be associated with you. Right. Which is really rude because some people might just come across that way. Like people have <laughs> RBF. I know I do. Jesus. Have you I ever do. seen it in public and I just stare at you? I don't like talking to people in public. So sorry. But if you say hi, I'll say hi back. I'm just never going to be the one to walk up to you and be like, oh, hey, girl. Like, right, I'm not going to initiate the conversation. Yeah, that's Please just, just not let me, me buy my pasta in peace. <laughs> yeah. Or that's my wife's closet. It's fine. <laughs> Later, when the sketch was released, his former employer at Star Laundry and Dry Cleaners recognized him. Morris Riskin, the former employer, told the police the man they were looking for was named Victor Lively. Lively was a 25 year old door-to-door roofing salesman. 
He had used his real name to register for another room at the Kirkwood Hotel. Police found lively different hotel around the corner. Yeah. So not the same one that she was staying at. Yeah. Police found lively hitchhiking in Clayton, Missouri. Arrested and brought back to Indianapolis to stand trial. In custody, Lively felt the need to tell the truth about a good meal and some rest. Um, Lively had been married six times and had one child. With which he's, one? He's 25. That's a, how do you... I feel like at some point, people at the courthouse and you go to apply for a marriage, a marriage license, they're like, eh, I feel like we just did this for you last year. Nah, you gotta wait. Did they have to do that in the 50s? Oh, that's true. I don't know. But that's a, that's a lot of marriages to get in by 25. I mean, when was the first one? At 15? Jesus. I don't know. I mean, probably. I mean, in probably, the 50s, it yeah. probably was. <laughs> like two, two years per or something? Who knows? Oh, jeez. At the time of the incident, Lively admitted that he had been drinking. He had found poor at a hamburger stand and taken her back to the Claypool Hotel to drink and ended up arguing about something. After being turned down on his sexual advances multiple times, no mm. means no. Yep, always <clears throat> and forever. To strangling poor around 2.30 a.m. Strangling? Strangling, which they didn't find any like ligature marks or anything on her neck. I was going to say, so he used his hand. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Okay. He says he then stayed in the room staring at her body until dawn before stuffing her into the dresser drawer. The coroner disagrees with the statement as the body would have had been stuffed into the drawer before rigor mortis or body stiffening set in. Which takes how long after death? Not that long. Because hmm. once your blood stops moving... Mm-hmm. stops pumping through your body then you start you start to stiffen up because your blood has to keep pumping through your body in order to stay like you know when you've been like sitting on your hand or your foot and it starts to get all tingly like that mm-hmm. super stiff same thing same concept so i'm trying to think they're between being smothered or strangled within seconds or minutes you would have had to be stuffed in then you yeah, probably a within hours okay. Yeah, it probably had to be pretty quick before they started getting stiff. Yes. <laughs> Lively admitted to acting as a contact man for a white slave ring. His job was to find, seduce, and proposition young girls for the prostitution ring. Lively stated Poor said she was not a hustler but a nice girl. Before trial, Lively stated that he believed that they would burn him as his punishment. Punishment, yeah. So, what do you think his sentence was for this? Oh, jeez. I mean, essentially, he admitted to killing this girl. Oh, yeah, 100%. He admitted to it. The wrong way. I mean, he didn't quite say it the right way, I guess, but. Probably like 100% truthful, but he did say he did it. Um, I'm going to say, this is in the 50s. 
Hmm. I'm gonna say he probably got like 35 years. Hopefully he got like 55 to life, <laughs> but I'm gonna go with 25, 25, 35. Okay. The jury consisted of 11 men and one woman who participated. Never in mind. <laughs> in a 13 day trial where they convicted him of committing murder and attempted to perpetrate a rape. Lively was sentenced to life in Indiana State Prison at Michigan City. Don't say that yet. On December 2nd, 1954. He did not serve his full sentence. Lively was paroled July 25th, 1980, serving only 26 years in prison. How do you get sentenced to life and then still have the option of parole? Like that, I don't understand. I think even now life, in Nebraska, you should you have, have the option to parole. Yeah, that might not have been a thing back then. That's, I mean, but that's kind of common sense, right? Like you're agreeing you think... that this person should be in jail for the rest of their life, no matter what. But if you're really that good and you get your shit together, we would consider letting you out to do the same thing again. Yeah, I don't think you can rehab a murderer. I don't think so either. Like, I think, you know, once you've done it, like, yeah, you're, you're done. Like, you, that's There's it. There's literally no going back from that. No, you murdered someone. Who's to say you won't do it again? Even if you say that you won't. But, yeah. So he served an actual 26 years. Yeah, he served 26 years. So how but, old was he when he got out? 51. So he still had has a good chunk of life to go. After being paroled, he died less than a year later. Thank goodness. <laughs> so he may have gotten out, but he did not get to really enjoy it. I mean, and I'm sure after 26 years in a facility like that, especially then versus like now, I mean, this is a whole new world. Like, oh, for sure. I'm going to sing it. I'm just kidding. I'm not a good singer. Uh, okay. Ariel. <laughs> <laughs> but so, seriously, though, like I could not imagine like even just the stress of being in, in jail for 26 years because I murdered someone. Everyone knows you murdered someone when you get released. Like you don't just out of nowhere, not have any, any employment for 26 years, able to find an apartment or a house to buy. How do you court someone like, I, the whole world is just too different. Well, think about you go in and you you normally use a rotary phone at home and then you get out and all of a sudden there's cell phones. Mm-hmm. And all those street phones are gone. I mean, they yeah. aren't here anymore. There's but, no, yeah. no pay phones. People are using the internet on their phones. You didn't even know what the internet was when you went into prison. No more typewriters. Debit cards. <laughs> like Cash is not anymore throw those quarters away people no don't put them in your center <laughs> console because i had to use mine for the tolls to get you to the but, airport okay that's true but i mean it's not like hey let me pay you in quarters where as back in the uh, day if someone like, paid oh, me in quarters, i would be like you're an asshole yeah why would you do that which is, which is stupid though because essentially it's still money justin and i were just talking about this the other day like if we saw somebody paying for something a dollar and they were just literally trying to count out coins like 
I would really seriously hope I had a dollar on me to just be like, you know what, just keep your change. I'll pay this dollar item for you. No right. big deal. But people are like, seriously, you're paying me in coins. Like, why? It's still money. It's still worth something. It's still more than you had prior. True, but it's the pain in the ass that now I mean, you have all of these quarters or dimes or nickels or pennies to deal with. Yeah. And you're like, fuck. I mean, so I saw, bad <laughs> example, but I did tell Jesse this when we were talking about this. I mean, it's not like we'd go into a strip club and, you know, when you tip them with wine, so they're like, penny, like, penny. <laughs> like, that would be, that would be really rude. That shit would hurt. Yeah, they that's true. Would come like, off that stage and fight you, like take a heel off. Yep. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine one of the ladies trying to walk around and bust an ankle that's... because they? Yeah, that's probably a hazard. <sighs> that I would understand if I got a heel to the face. I would understand that, but right, like still, it's still a dollar, you know. Because like know. you probably could slip on bills, but not like you could on like quarters. And... I, if I slipped on, a... I'd be. I'd be very happy. Like, please throw some more hundred dollar bills my way. Let me. Slip how many? Some more. How many people are throwing hundred dollar bills? <laughs> I know, but it's probably like ones and fives. There might be a twenty in there occasionally. Well, you know, for a good solid crispy twenty, I might consider hurting a toe. A toe. <laughs> Just my toe. <laughs> okay, the truth comes out. Your toe. Only if I that's when you back up and put it back on the stage for the ladies. <laughs> so, since you keep bringing up the Cecil Hotel, I did look up to see if there were any hauntings at this hotel. Because I was mm-hmm. really hoping that I could find hauntings of, like, the room 729 or 20. Yeah. Or I couldn't find what number this chick died in. Because, I mean, both of them, their bodies were pretty gruesome by the way that they died but there weren't any because they tore down the hotel they tore down the claypool hotel hotel. oh okay i was like they didn't tear down Cecil hotel no 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 the claypool hotel well i mean hoping to get like a ghost story to go along with this did they rebuild on top of that though that i don't know i just know that the claypool hotel isn't there anymore and the clay they named something like Caddy Corner from it, the Claypool. It wasn't a hotel, but it was something else. Why would you that want to keep the that Claypool name? name. I no, wouldn't with all the you know deaths That's some bad associated with it. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> have you seen the show Atypical? No. Uh, it's about an autistic boy. I mean, he's not a boy. He's a man at that point, but. Um, he decides he's going to rent a, a house with uh, his one of his best friends. I think his mm-hmm. only best friend. And his parents went over and helped him move in. And he said, they go, this is a nice place. It's nice in here. And he goes, yeah, I used to be a slaughterhouse back in the day. I'm like, oh, oh, no. You oh. moved in there knowing that? I could not. No, no, no. I could not handle that. No. That's like moving into a house with a trap door that's locked. Yep. No, like, thank you. No. Mm-mm. Or like the, uh, you see them on Facebook or like Instagram or TikTok. I just saw one the other day where um, an AC guy was called out because they couldn't get their upstairs to cool down. It was like the AC wouldn't work upstairs. So the guy went into the attic to see what was going on. 
and the entire ductwork that was supposed to like curve and go to the upstairs curved the opposite way and there was like a full-on room built up there like wood floors carpeting there was even like a tube for someone to pee and it went to an outside hole oh yeah no way yeah i'll see if i if i can find it Oh my god, the only thing that could have made that even more, oh my god, I'm like goosebumps right now. <laughs> the only thing that could have made that like way worse is if you told me that there was somebody like living there. Like you could tell that somebody had just, oh, like my hands are well, so Well, I think there was so a pizza creepy. box in there. Oh my god. Like you could tell someone Dude. was in there recently. Dude. Like if they were cooling that area, they were staying in there somehow. But my question is, like. How did they get in and out? Exactly. That's my question. My my attic access is in the garage. Like you would have to get in through the garage somehow. And neither of the doors to the garage are quiet. Yeah. Like you would hear it. Dude. Right there. That is so freaking. If I ever have any type of ventilation issues like that in my home, I'm going to send Jesse up to look because that is creepy. You never know what you're going to find. Especially like like this house that we live in. Jesse told me a, a crap ton of times what year it was built in. I can't remember to save my life. But both of our bedrooms upstairs. So we have two massive closets that like, takes up like the whole wall. Mm-hmm. inside of those closets there's like an, another little like literally a little door like I have to like squat and like crawl in there it's just called a crawl space but like the one in the guest bedroom has like a bench and everything in there and there's like one of the walls has like writing on it from like kids from way back in the day and it has like they played tic-tac-toe and like signed it like a chalkboard basically yeah but like their their birth dates and like what date they moved out of the house like you could tell kids use that as like a fun space you would not catch my 10 year old daughter in there to save her life nowadays. Like she'd be so freaked out, but I'm like, people use it like for fun. And I was like, well, I wonder if there's like another little door. And then some we found people, out that ours. sorry, go ahead. Some people I've seen will actually like build it out and make it like a little playroom for their kid. Yeah. Like that would be so fun. And Ariana's like, Oh no, that's creepy. I'm like, well, okay. Whatever. <laughs> But ours, I think, has a newspaper. Like I was telling you earlier, like you're yeah. modeling something. I think it has the newspapers in there from like way back in the day. And I mean, before I bombarded the doorway with all of my shoes, I would peek in there. I mean, you have to take a flashlight. I think the guest bedroom has like a light in there, like a light bulb, and you just pull yeah. a little screen. And it's so cool, like stuff like that. And like the olden days is super neat. Like I told Ariana a long time ago, jokingly. I told her jokingly. If somebody ever breaks into our house, just crawl in there because there's a light and you'll be fine. And only we would know that you're up there. And that's just like, that that's so that. scary. But because our house I mean, in Nebraska in Hastings had one of those in the spare bedroom and it led to the, the attic. And my parents would always tell me, you know, if anything happens, over and sneak in there because you can't see it unless you know it's there. Mm-hmm. It has like a little hook and you just pull the hook. Yeah, I mean, you can tell it's a door, but I mean, you have to like really shimmy it to get it. People haven't used it in a long time, but that was like literally only we know that it's 
there. But my luck, I'd be like, oh my God, Ariana's missing. And then forget that I have it. And she'd be up there the whole time. Right. <laughs> Mom, I'm stuck. Come get me. <laughs> oh, man. That'd be my luck. But. <sighs> All right, guys. That's episode four. Yes, make sure that you guys subscribe. It's fun seeing all the listeners that we have on Anchor, but I'm like, we need more subscribers. We need more subscribers and we need st- someone to still do a review and rate us. <gasps> yes, I can't believe we haven't had one yet. Guys, we're really trying not to just go do it ourselves. Make a secret account and do it. So help us out. Somebody do it. Please. I'm happy I'm not the only one that has thought about that. But so... <laughs> hopefully no. somebody does do that soon <laughs> you're not but if somebody doesn't soon yes know. hopefully hopefully somebody real does it hopefully somebody that we know but oh we can give them a shout out how exciting to be the first one yes chris and Anne from and that's why we drink if you guys do it oh my gosh <laughs> I would lose my shit. we would just die we would just pass away yes oh but, all right that'd be a good day. okay well see you later bye